Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to visit the land where Ikea jokes come from. And I didn't even have to put that one together myself. It's Gürtenwerk. After some do four-star at Data Air et held verbal contract, <laughs> investor Skardas Fiestist F. Fell Maneuver, Val Dodlig Medivar from Detroit Haller Showen, Pladet Intuit, Skjoden Inhaller Det Basta Vertiet, Paramediciner Til Hans Tim Frostar Alt Han Rorvid from Detroit Til Hamtramic. That's a little Swedish rap for you this week. <laughs> now, did you did you translate a an American rap into Swedish, or did you look up some Swedish rappers and just go really deep on their on their <laughs> lyrics? That's that's from uh, the Swedish rapper Peter, P E T T E R, and I I went through the whole process of adapting um, adapting the song to fit this episode, and it is, uh, I translate it back into Swedish, so, uh, wow, there you go. Is, is that, is that from his, uh, album Eight Kilometer or something? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this is Gruntwork, the only <laughs> podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that, uh, puts the Swedish in fish. <laughs> I am your host, Landon. Uh, the Meatball Solano, oh. <laughs> joined always by Truman Gaviltafish Caps. Uh, are you aware that I did not write the actual nickname part of this, and I'm just winging it right now? <laughs> yes, I am, because Gaviltafish is a Jewish thing. I think Lutefisk is I what you meant. <laughs> Lutefisk. Good lord. Now, now, to be fair, both are reportedly extremely, extremely gross, so it's it's fine either way. I, I, it's okay. Oh, it's, man. it's okay for me to call the Scandinavian food gross because that's my people. I guess uh, Jews. I apologize. Um, yeah, this is uh, a big uh, turn. Um, usually, I get this uh, the gabagool jokes. So get ready, sir, for an entire episode of pointed jokes at your culture. Hey, smoked fish. Um, no, that's fine. That's like this. Th well, also, you know, also, this is a Swede heavy episode. Uh, I am Finnish, so I am totally down to poke fun at the Swedes. Um, yes, true. I, I, I want to get, we'll maybe get to it, uh, in the deep diver or, or some other point in this episode, but, um, I, I, the, the Finn, uh, you know, Finland, uh, Sweden, all that stuff. Those are to me, Scandinavia. That. Uh, I separate that in my head somewhat from like Europe mm -hmm. and this episode, even though I know it's Europe, you know, it, it, this episode continually refers to Sweden as European. Yeah. Like all groups, groups Sweden into the general European taste realm. <laughs> and I feel like that is a little, um, reductive. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but I, I, yeah. not, Accurate? I feel, <laughs> Question yeah. mark? No, I, I agree. I've always gotten the impression, as a Scandinavian person who has never been to Scandinavia, that Scandinavia is kind of like Europe's Florida, both in that it's a big penisy peninsula, mm -hmm. and also that the rest of mainland Europe is kind of like, oh, okay, guys, 
I, I guess you're into that. Okay, okay, that's your food. That's your culture. Uh, so yeah, the idea that the Swedes are the ultimate tastemakers of the entire European continent, which is what is put forward in this episode, was yeah. was interesting to me. But I also like, hey, fuck it, why not? They seem nice enough. Yeah, they are nice enough I, from my understanding. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we get into this, um, I just want to let listeners know I'm not recording this in my usual uh, abode. Record I'm scratch. Pet. <laughs> What? That was that, that was that some indigestion or like a car going by outside? <laughs> that was a dying horse, I think. That was a that um, was a dog reacting to a car chase going by. <laughs> now there's a bum looking at his at his glass of liquor and throwing it away. I am currently pet sitting for an 18 year old cat who loves to talk. So uh, <laughs> and he hates I'm Mondays. Cer- certain at some point in this episode. Uh, he will be yelling at me to get his lasagna. So just wanted to, to prep you for that. And I am recording in the same place that I've always recorded, but I have my portable air conditioner on because it is a wee bit toasty today in L.A. Not nearly as toasty as it is literally everywhere toasty. else on the West Coast. Uh, was, was that the cat <laughs> chiming in about his love of toast? <laughs> no, it was Scorpion telling you he's going to burn your face off. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I knew that already. He texted me earlier. Um, <laughs> so if you hear a low drone in the background that the noise gate didn't get, don't freak out. It's just my air conditioner. I doubt any of you would have anyway. I guess I'm just talking to hear my own voice. I am freaking out. <laughs> Truman, Landon. we watched an episode of Home Improvement. I, I mean... I have to assume, unless there are two episodes of Home Improvement about the Swedes, uh, <laughs> that we watched the same episode. But could you tell us what this episode was about? Wouldn't it be great, though, if there were, if like, if Home Improvement <laughs> was so into recycling storylines that it's like a season and a half before this, it was like, yeah, we have a bunch of Finnish investors coming and want to see the show. Oh, wow, we have to put on a good show for the Finns. And then, and then later it's like, oh, no, just specifically the Laplanders are coming. Anyway, uh, yes, I would like to tell you what happened this week on Home Improvement. <clears throat> then then go ahead. Ufda, a group of Swedish broadcasters. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. We're having fun today. Oh, a group boy. of Swedish broadcasters have arrived at Tool Time to see about buying the rights to air the show in Europe. And Tim, Al, and their anxious producer, Fred, have to put on the best show of all time to make sure they can make a good impression and become international superstars. With some help from Wilson, a manly Jim, and a special guest from the Cleveland area... Wink. They pull out all the stops to try and impress their Scandinavian guests. But things keep going wrong! Exclamation point. Womp womp womp. That that sound effect would have applied several times in this episode. (laughs) Uh, Their producer, Fred, what? We'll get to that in just a second. Record scratch. Before... (laughs) That dog is really freaking out about that car chase he just saw. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want to guess that title? <laughs> yes, I do. I have a bunch of I a bunch of guesses, all of them equally good, all of them probably accurate, and I took it very seriously. Um, I can already tell you I like all of yours better than the one that it is, but I have a clue that's going to make you get it. So, go ahead. I love when I love when these episodes happen. Okay. First option. Dirty Swedes done dirt cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, folks, I know that I laugh at my own jokes a lot. I'm a regular <laughs> Jimmy Fallon over here, but that's funny, and if you would laugh at it, if you thought it up. Um, second one, Swedish meeting balls. Now, 
my god. And because so much of this episode, even for a home improvement episode, is centered around masculinity, this could also work as Swedish meeting, comma, balls. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, okay. I'm, I'm, right. I'm hedging. I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get two for the price mm-hmm, of one. Mm-hmm. Third option, Sweden low. Like, like sweet and low, but sweet <laughs> okay. and low. And, uh-huh, uh-huh. and finally, the Swede hereafter. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think you should have went out on, <laughs> on the first one. Because, because they, the Swedes get dirty in this episode, and at the end, it turns out that they are pretty cheap. So, <laughs> I, oh my God. I, on a that... technicality, I win, I think. Uh, you 100% win. Thank you. Uh, none of those are the title, Ooh. but here's your clue to get the title. Um, <clears throat> if a certain author by the ni- name of Michael Ann Johns was writing an unauthorized biography of Tool Time, what would the title of this book be? <sighs> totally Tool Time? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. The fuck? <laughs> Okay, I give that the lowest rating of... That's worse than Jill's birthday, because at least Jill's birthday (laughs) lets you know that Jill's birthday will be in the episode. Totally Tool Time tells me nothing about what this episode is. That's not entirely true. This whole episode is Tool Time. From start to finish, it's nothing but Tool Time, totally Tool Time all the time. No, the start is Tim at home, and the end is Tim at home, so it's not... But they're totally talking tool about time. Tool Time both in, in both of those scenes. That's that's the that is the <coughs> post Tool Time wrap up show talking Tool Time, which in <laughs> universe tools. would be hosted by us. Um, yeah, <laughs> I still don't think it's I still don't think it's very descriptive it's, of what's going on. It's not a good title. I'm not defending its uh, its quality, but I will defend its accuracy. Well, um, I will fight. I will fight epi- to the death for your right to have that title, even if I don't like it. Uh, the episode aired on January 28th, 1997, directed by Peter Boners. hey And written by John Vandergriff, two in a row. Wow. Landon. Yeah. What did you what think? What a weird episode. What did you think of this? Ep- well, okay, it is, yeah, I agree with you. What a weird episode. What did you think of it beyond its weirdness? Or do you want to elaborate on uh, its weirdness? This is your space. It's Well, okay. Um, I guess I, I have a question for you. Okay. Which is, in season one... You said, I want more Tool Time. What if the show was just Tool Time? And we got to see more of how Tool Time worked. Uh, so my question is, what up now, bitch? <laughs> well, uh, uh, in response to your question, uh, this is actually, yeah, basically kind of what I wanted, bitch. I actually, <laughs> I look, a lot of times on this show, I, the long time yeah. listeners will know, I have asked for a thing and then gotten the thing and uh, I have been disappointed by the thing, which is really a metaphor for life in a way. Um, yeah, but in this totally. case, I got the thing that I've long been pining for, and it certainly wasn't a perfect episode, but I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. What, what, what were your thoughts? What, what did you think about uh, me getting everything I wanted? <laughs> I also thought it was a pretty good episode. Just weird in, like, it gave us so much insight into how Tool Time works. Uh, answered... So many questions, oh and also raised so many questions. <laughs> Just yes. like so many new questions. Like we, this is a, a corner turner for us. Yeah. Um, is that a, is that a Swedish uh, word? I, the corner turner. 
That's that. I think I think actually I bought a Cornaturna at uh, at IKEA, but I could not figure out how to put it together. The instructions were so misleading. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I love. Uh, generally speaking, you know, they can't be every episode, but I love when there is a single focus episode. Uh, provided they, you know, explore it fully. Mm-hmm. Um, not just of this, but of any kind of sitcom. That, that tends to be my favorite. Like, either this or bottle episodes where they're forced to stay in one location for the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, those tend to be, like, what I get most excited about. So, uh, I was primed to like this episode. My main takeaway from it is, holy shit, I think Drew Carey might be fucking hilarious. He's, he, yes, I have... Okay, we're going to have such a robust discussion of Drew Carey in this episode, <laughs> folks. Buckle in. <laughs> Alert the media. Thank God. We have so, I have well, so many opinions about Drew Carey. Uh, I mean, do you have any other reflections you want to do before we go into the deep I, dive? I, I have, yeah, I have a couple other, uh, basically okay. one. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, basically one that I want to go into and the rest you can handle in the deep dive. I would say that this episode, it, it reminded me so much of 30 Rock slash the Muppet Show, which again, 30 Rock and the Muppet Show are the <laughs> okay. same damn show. But it yes. it really like this really the whole show, the entirety of home improvement could ha- like this is a glimpse of a different kind of home improvement. And were I yeah. a writer on home improvement, this is more the direction I would have taken it in, as in Fritz <laughs> Fred, the producer, would have been a larger supporting character. There would have been certainly still family plots and stuff with the boys and Jill and everything. Yeah. But, like, it would be 50-50. Ah, tra- like, right now, a lot of it is, hey, wacky hijinks on the set of the show. Whereas I would have done more wacky hijinks trying to make the show plus family stuff. It's and- it's Aaron Sorkin does Tool Time. Oh, man. Complete with a walk and talk. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 Studio sixty on the Hamtramck uh, strip. I think is is really what you'd call <laughs> on this the original one. cable access. Yeah, <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's that's what I would say. But um, but I have okay. a lot more to say. But let's say it when we Likewise. when we get into. It. Have you got any other up top impressions or? Uh, just one more thing to say, which is, oh, you can dance. Oh, you can dive. Taking the notes of your life. See that show. Watch that scene. Yes, I'm the deep dive queen. <laughs> let's get into it. The dining room. <clears throat> you 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 prepared a couple different talk singing intros, didn't you? You're you're recycling some of the old bits. Uh, we start the show. The family's eating breakfast, including the grunt creep. Yep, he's sitting with the family uh, until he isn't, because he somehow falls from a sitting position off the Absolutely. table. He's so top heavy. I mean, how can you not fall over all the time? I mean, I get it if you're walking around in your little spindly legs. God, I feel like we've said all of these. We've made all of these points before, but it still stands. We have. He's sitting. Okay, down. how about this point then? How does he get to the Taylor House, and how does he get to the Tool Time set? They're two different places. Uh, are, are we still set on the oil drum being the entrance to the void and also the bread box on the Taylor counter? Uh, you know, I haven't, you know, I, I guess that's still the official explanation, but I really wouldn't rule out that <laughs> Tim built a little car for the grunt creep to drive around in. I mean, that would just make sense, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, he probably drives around yes. on the fucking lawnmower. Pro- Tim probably built seven <laughs> rocket-powered oil. lawnmowers, and he takes a different one to work every day. The, the grunt creep is the oh, Jay man. Leno of... Anthropomorphized uh, <laughs> sitcom titles uh, driving around yeah. with all his cars. Well, let's not get too far with that because Jay Leno is an in canon universe character. Oh, God, I uh, forgot. On this show. Oh, Jesus. So, 
anyway, Tim comes in as the family's eating breakfast. He's super excited about today. Uh, Swedish executives are coming to check out Tool Time. Yep. And if they like it, they'll distribute it throughout Europe. And someone says, I don't know if it's Jill or one of the boys says, are you sure they'll understand Tool Time in Europe? And Randy goes, they barely understand it here. <laughs> yeah, no one is convinced that this is going to be a success, but Tim reminds them all of Jerry Lewis. Uh, Europe, Europe, Jill says Europeans love him because he acts like a total buffoon. And Mark just <laughs> chimes up, we're going to be rich. And that's an episode wrap on Mark, everybody. Let's go. Oh, actually, I guess he's back at the end. But that's his one line, everybody. Barely. Give it give it up. Give it up. Also, I have to. But he delivers the hell out of that line. No, definitely. Definitely. And now, Landon, I have the briefest of poos, points of order, for those of you who are yes, uninitiated okay. in this thing that Landon started that now I have adopted. Uh, and I stopped doing it last episode midway. And, and, as soon as, and as soon as you stop doing it because you think it's annoying, then I'm like, oh, I'm the annoying one on the podcast. I have to pick it up now. Um... <laughs> So this was brought up on an episode of the Flophouse recently, this notion that culturally in America in the 90s, there was this really big idea of, yeah, yeah, the French love Jerry Lewis. Let's all make fun of the French Mm -hmm. for liking Jerry Lewis. But yeah, that was the thing that I feel like everyone in America talked about in the 90s. I, as a kid, had no idea who Jerry Lewis was, but my parents Mm. just were like, yeah, Jerry Lewis, he's this kind of lame American comedian who all of the French people love. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, <laughs> uh-huh. I I don't know I feel I feel like this is just a um, another another data point in that '90s obsession with the French obsession with Jerry Lewis. I I don't know how accurate that French obsession with Jerry Lewis is. I I feel like somewhere along the line, okay, I, there is a subsect of the French, particularly of the Cahier du Cinema crowd, who wow. saw Jerry Lewis as like a one of the auteurs of. Uh, modern auteurs of comedy because he was making the films when they were publishing the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Bazan, you know, saw a a complete author in Jerry Lewis having control over the entirety of his films the way that Chaplin did back in his day, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So there might be a snooty subsect of the French that liked Jerry Lewis. Mm. How that translated to America, I don't know. And how America just stereotyped French people as being obsessed with Jerry Lewis. I don't know that either, but I think it became more of an Americanism to think that the French like Jerry Lewis than the French actually like Jerry Lewis. We, we had we had a whole lot of time before the French refused to participate in the war in Iraq to, like, we had to think of a thing to make fun of them for before 2003, and that was the nearest thing we could seize on, was them, some of them liking a comedian who we didn't have much use for. But that was also back in the 60s and early 70s. So what was it doing in 90s culture? I don't know. I don't know, but it was a thing. It was a huge, huge thing. In it, like the, the reason it came up on the Flophouse was that in the movie North, that famously terrible movie, it's about the kid going around <laughs> right. the world trying to find new parents. The whole thing, like he goes to France, and the whole reason that French parents are unacceptable is because they're watching Jerry Lewis movies all the time. That was literally the only cu- cultural... A touchstone that we had for the French with their rich, <laughs> ancient, maybe not ancient, very old culture and their art and their architecture. It's just like, yeah, yep. eh, they like Jerry Lewis movies. I mean, okay, I- I'm not going to stick up for North at all, but uh, <laughs> if there was just one French family that only watched Jerry Lewis movies, regardless of how much that's stereotyping them, I would probably say I don't want to be with that family either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I- I've gone. I've gone through the rich tapestry of slapstick uh, comedians the through slapistry. cinema history. <laughs> nice. Thank you. And 
Uh, Jerry Lewis is not my favorite. <laughs> was he the one who made The Day the Clown Cried? Or was yes. that a different guy? Oh, okay. See, that alone. That I would be interested in. <laughs> that the, the, the famously unwatchable movie because Jerry Lewis is mortified of how it turned out and won't let anyone watch it and only... Secret yep. Hollywood insiders at like Jeff Epstein parties pull it out and watch it because they have <laughs> access. I'm sorry I brought Jeff Epstein into this. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the extent of my use for Jerry Lewis is watching the movie that he considers so humiliatingly bad that he won't even talk about it. Anyway, yeah. well, Jer- I mean, I think he's a fine actor, but uh, you know, watching him in the King of Comedy with Scorsese that was fantastic. But mm-hmm. uh, his own stuff, oh my god, trying to get through the Nutty Professor or the Bell Boy, or you know, it has moments. But uh, this is what are we doing? I, I don't need to critique Jerry Lewis here. <laughs> if you, Why don't if, you stop me, sir, you're my co-host. I, well, I wanted to, I wanted to let you go. Also, so setting me up for a joke about how if you watch it with French subtitles, it's actually way funnier. I don't know. It's really not that oh, good maybe, of a joke. Maybe. That could be true. That could be true. Listen, before before we close the book on Jerry Lewis, hopefully forever, I will say that also part of why I was confused <laughs> by it as a kid and my parents talking about it was I couldn't 100% separate in my head Jerry Lewis and Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis in the News. So I <laughs> sometimes when I'd be watching Back to the Future and Mom would point out uh, Huey yeah. Lewis's cameo as the, as the guy at the school telling him his band is too loud. I was like, wait, that's the guy who no Americans like and the French love? He seems great. <laughs> be, be glad you are... Uh, not seven years older, because then you would have been extra confused by Richard Lewis' uh, stand-up <laughs> specials on Comedy Central. <laughs> the French can keep this guy. He seems very misanthropic. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, back to the show. Hey, lady person, um, back to the show. That's a Jerry Lewis bit. Uh, J- Jill uh, you almost said Jerry. Now, you almost said Jerry. <laughs> I did. Hello, Jerry. Uh, Jill asks... Um, if the show gets picked up, whether or not they can finally visit Europe. And Tim says, of course, we can go to England for the Aston Martin factory. We can go to Italy to see Ferrari. Uh, we can do a romantic weekend in Stuttgart for the Porsche factory. Um, and Jill's like, well, that's about as romantic as visiting a sausage factory. We could do that, too. We can swing by Poland. <laughs> which is, which honestly, I heard that and was like, I, I know that's not going to happen, but I kind of I kind of wish that, like, they went totally off the wall and did an entirely set in <laughs> Poland episode where Tim is just eating everything in sight. <laughs> I would be, it would be the fart joke heaviest episode of Home Improvement, but I still think oh, I easily. would enjoy it. Yes, easily. easily. And, and that's a, that's a um, tough crown to compete for. Yeah. So, and we then... We get a sausage... Yeah. Oh, did you have something else for that scene? No, I was just going to say we get a sausage transition to the opening oh, credits. Yeah. Sausage factory transition uh, to the theme song. Uh, and we go to outside of Tool Time, uh, outside the studio. Yes. And my first note is some dude is smoking nervously waiting for Tim, who pulls up in Jill's car. Did you look uh, at my... Fred. <laughs> did you yeah. look at my notes? Because I just say dude smoking outside Tool Time. We both pegged him as a dude. <laughs> Uh, it's Fred. Who is Fred? He's the producer of the show. Yes. What? Huh? <laughs> now, who? I said. Where am I? I, said, I had all the same Which, reactions. What season is this? <laughs> There's been a producer this entire time, but how come Tim is allowed to run amok and do whatever he wants? Why hasn't the producer <laughs> asserted himself? And the second Fred starts talking, it kind of all beautifully fit into place. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, okay, expand on that. What do you mean? Well, because because Fred is out there. He's smoking a cigarette, which that in and of itself yeah. got me because it's like, wow, I haven't seen a lot of people smoke it on this show. That's no, and and this is ABC and it's owned by Disney. Disney's notoriously anti-smoking. I'm surprised there those those Puritans, grr, smoking rules. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm surprised there wasn't a content warning. Uh, you know, uh, beamed <laughs> right. into my DVD ahead of this. But so he's out there smoking. It probably was if you watch it on Hulu. Oh God, yeah, yeah. If yeah, if you whenever they put Home Improvement on Disney Plus, get ready. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> God, they're gonna have to put a lot of um, a lot of those warnings on a lot of episodes of this. Anyway, beside the point, he's he's out there and he's like trembling and he's sweating and he's smoking cigarettes. Even though, and of course, even though this is very clearly Burbank, they have put some they've admirably put some mounds of fake snow along the edge of the building to make it look like <laughs> Michigan. And yep. so Tim comes up to Fred and they start talking and and you know yeah. fred is you know in conversation it comes out that he's producer of the show but fred is very like anxious and nervous about the swedes coming and you know oh the you know things aren't going right and he's super concerned and he's also really worried yeah. and sucking up to tim extra hard today because his yeah. contract is almost up and he doesn't want to get fired so yeah uh but before they walk in tim well tim asks are the swedes here yet uh and Fred says no. Uh, then they open the door to to step inside. And we gotta we gotta slow jam this for a second. But okay. uh, the second they open the door, they walk into character actor corner. What already? Oh wait, Fred. Of course. Go on. <laughs> Fred is played by an actor by the name of Harry Groner. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I'm not laughing at Peter Boners, but I have to laugh at Groner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He has 97 credits. Nice. Uh, he's mostly a TV actor. Oh, dear. He's appeared in St. Elsewhere, Star Trek Next Generation Voyager and Enterprise. What? Law & Order, Matlock, Mad About You, Charmed, King of the Hill, Malcolm in the Middle, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family, West Wing. He's appeared in movies such as Patch Adams, About Schmidt, and A Road to Perdition. Jesus. And it's pretty in good. a weird kawinky co- dink, I need to stop myself because i just heard the wisconsin accent come I, out I, of me unironically there well, when and, you say kowinky uh, scared dink. me to the core <laughs> it's already it's already taken hold of you get the this man to was meant to be ironic <laughs> the performance of it was not yeah um I, and when i moved to california i started saying hella ironically and then it became a thing <laughs> so yeah look look out with your regional slang joking in a coincidence, mm, mm-hmm. he was on two episodes of The Drew Carey Show. Oh, coincidence? I think possibly not. <laughs> ah. Harry Groner. So um, we we hit our Chalupa Challenge last week. Uh, we're still figuring out what we're going to do for that. <laughs> I'm still, I have I'm an still idea. shocked. Yeah. I have an idea for the game moving forward. Um, but I don't know what the prize is going to be yet. So you got you got the title. We're going to go through... There are a lot of character actors on this episode. So many. So, so many. Uh, we're going to have you go through the metagame for all of them. Were they on ER? Yes. Uh, listen, if you get them right, we'll we'll take it into consideration. I don't think you will because the numbers are just stacked against you. It has nothing to do with your... Um, abilities well my my abilities so, also aren't that great though so i mean <laughs> you know you don't have to protect my feelings and lastly i don't have any confidence in the grunt count this week so uh this is just going to be a freebie tying last week and whatever comes next uh, sure. together so okay the metagame was he on er sir 
The question is, was he on ER? I don't have to ask any other questions. I know he was on ER. Yes. Like, I didn't check ahead of time. I didn't, like, IMDb him. I just, based on the caliber of the shows and movies he was in, <laughs> this guy's casting mm-hmm. director got him on an episode of ER. Did I say King of the Hill? You did he say... He was on King of the Hill. Did, do, you, do you happen to know which episode does it say? Uh, what I'd have to pull it up. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's not drag <laughs> this thing out. But I will be interested to know. Wow. Okay. Your, your, your cat is clearly a fan of King of the Hill, too. <laughs> the cat is saying, get on with it already. <laughs> the cat is saying, I, I prefer Family Guy. King of the Hill isn't <laughs> racist enough. Um, He was not on ER. Fuck. Well, that's... But here's the thing. He also was not on Cheers, mm. on Frasier, mm-hmm. or NYPD Blue. Look, even if I'd had that information, I still would have said yes. On the just on the basis of the high like highbrow shows that he was yes. character acting on, that you know, I, I'm I'm proud of that. As far as I'm concerned, I still won. And 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 no the, one no one can fault you. Well, except for the cat, apparently. You <laughs> idiot! <laughs> Let me go take care of this real quick. <laughs> but what do you? How are you gonna? How are you gonna take care of it? How do you stop a cat from meowing? Are you just gonna open up a can of catnip? Um, okay. I, I don't... I did what I could. Yeah, look, folks, you may just hear a cat, and you're gonna hear my AC, and that's not gonna distract from how Swedish this episode is. It's gonna be... It's gonna be loud, though. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, they they do step inside from outside, um, and they are going through the production halls of Tool Time. Oh, my God. Oh, Landon. This is clearly the ABC offices. Yes. <laughs> clearly is. Um... But it's one unbroken take following Tim and Fred talking to each other about the show's logistics, walking down this hallway as people come by and hand Tim scripts and stuff. And it's like, West Wing was on at this point, right? Uh, Yes, easily. This is 97. Yeah, I think it's one or two years into. Yeah, didn't it start in 95, I think? Uh, Yeah, I I think so. 95 or 96. Either way. It's definitely on, though. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm... I'm just, I really, I don't get a lot of times on this show where I feel like Home Improvement is making kind of a winking in-joke reference to another <laughs> show on TV, but in this case, yeah. I really felt like they were, which, and I enjoyed Patricia it. Patricia Richardson would eventually go on to uh, guest star on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess this was, even though she's not in most of this episode, maybe this was her realizing, <laughs> hey, I, if, if Tim can do it, so can I. Um, <laughs> exactly. But... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, but you know me with my eagle eyes. Uh, oh, no, where I... was the calendar, Landon? <laughs> Not getting into that. One of the production offices, uh, this is clearly what showed me it was an ABC office. Uh, as they're walking by, someone has a Goodfellas poster up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's clear that right across the hall is like a casting couch. So you think you think this is where Joe Pesci did his audition in the same hallway that uh, that Tim is walking down right now? <laughs> I don't know if Joe Pesci ever did anything for ABC or Disney. Um, well, I mean, also it could have just—I mean, maybe just the the uh, set dresser was just making a very sly reference to like, "Hey, this is a very long, relatively long shot of two people walking into a building—a thing that Goodfellas <laughs> right. is famous for." This is our Scorsese chat. This was before Boogie Nights, so true, um, true. F- same same year, only by a few months. So, so Boogie, um, Boogie Nights uh, was heavily influenced both by Leprechaun Four in Space and also this episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> 
Someone hands Tim a script. Uh, Al comes out. He's ready to take Europe by storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim says, that's great. Uh, but you want to take that TP off your shoe first? <laughs> and and Fred is so eager to suck up to Tim so that he his contract yeah, get renewed that he goes over and helps talk Al about take Fred the, for a second. the toilet paper off his shoe. Yes, let's talk about Fred, baby. Uh, not a big fan. You're not a big fan? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I get this. I get the. Uh, I understand what what function he's filling here, but there's just. I don't know. I'm never one for like super grovelly characters, mm-hmm. particularly if they're curtailing to Tim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's just something that kind of puts me off about it, and the fact that it's not a character we've seen before, so he's strictly just here to be this kind of nervous, grovelly dude. Like, what happened to Bud? What would Bud have done in this situation? <laughs> but, well, Bud would... Because Bud is an authority figure who Tim has to impress. Bud would have provided for... Bud would have put Tim in the position of having to be grovelly, and Tim is not as funny in those circumstances. So I but think... But he could be. I mean, maybe, yeah. I, I Look, what I like <laughs> about it, okay. what I like about Fred being here is that it immediately... Like, the fact that we've never seen him before... I, it's it, like the fact that, oh, we're finally seeing the producer of this show that seems like Tim's private fiefdom where mm-hmm. Tim has total control. Oh, there is a producer, but he is such a wet noodle that Tim can override him <laughs> all the time. That yeah. in and of itself is a joke to me. And it's like a huge punchline to six seasons worth of like, like who's running the show? Who's letting this happen? A thing that we have asked 10 okay. billion times right, on this right. show. Who's running it? Yeah, oh, I this see. this man with with no backbone, with no like character or moral fiber, yeah. like the weakest, you know, shrinking violet of a producer. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's how a show like this could be on. So I thought that was funny. And also, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I was listening to a, there's a podcast called You Are Good, formerly known as Why Our Dads, which is just kind of a movie podcast about I don't know why I'm going into this much detail. They were talking about the movie The Mummy recently and the character of Benny in The Mummy, who is a, mm-hmm. like, famously cowardly character who is always, you know, he changes sides all the time and is constantly selling out whoever he's allied to to try and and, and survive right. and get by. And when, and he's a really fun character, despite being a total slime ball. And the people on the podcast were saying, there's something really satisfying about a good cinematic depiction of cowardice. And I think the same here. Like, you know what? I've, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I don't know. I find something endearing about a guy who is a complete nervous wreck and has no shame about trying to kiss ass. Like, I don't know, this is funny. It's like nothing... In a show that is so often about men trying to out-masculine each other that there's a man on here who just has no shame about being a wimp, I kind of like it. It's a fun fun new flavor. Did I turn you around? You've... You turned me around, uh, maybe not 180 degrees, but like 90. Well, that's a great starting point. We'll just step into the back room here. We'll get you set up with some paperwork, and you can drive <laughs> off the lot with a brand new Fred today. All right. Uh, Tim enters a uh, kind of a green room area where Wilson is sitting. What? Huh? Yeah, what? Well, he's going to be today's guest. And his face is blocked by a fruit bowl, which is stacked <laughs> high with pineapples and stuff. Yep. Uh, he, yeah, he's, you know, typical things you see in a green room. Oh yeah, they they stock they stock the food there so well with healthy stuff and not just bags of Doritos. <laughs> um, so they, they do on some shows. Okay, fine. I mean, I I'm you know I've been to tons and tons of green rooms because I'm constantly guesting on shows to promote uh, <laughs> uh, grunt work. Um, but, I, I've been to a few green rooms just because I have. Um, well, one friend in particular who coincidentally lives here in Madison is a juggler. 
and does weird tricks and he's been pulled out to Los Angeles to be on shows. So like I've been in the James Corden green room Ooh. and uh, that particular setup had a lot of healthy food. So much to the point that I couldn't see Jason Sudeikis's face when he was there. <laughs> was it was it all just a setup for that? <laughs> No, that's a true story. You, you, I mean, minus the the fruit part, but oh. yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Look, that's your that's your Jason Sudeikis story. You know, big pile of fruit <laughs> got in the way, uh, but uh, you still got some good. potassium. Um, but so he's he's there, and his face is blocked by the fruit, and he's talking about yeah. how excited he is to be on the show because he has Swedish relatives who are excited to see him on TV. Quote: Some of them have never even seen my face. <laughs> Um, okay, so a Greek-Canadian has Swedish relatives <laughs> and has spent most of his life in Africa. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, Is that about the stock of it? Yeah, I, Wilson's Wilson's family, oh, and, and, and okay, Greek-Canadian Swedish family lived most of his life in Africa, and he's related to the Beach Boys, uh, so oh, all yes. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he spent, a, a, <laughs> he's got that tie to Southern California, too. Um, right. And then in the process, he mentions his uncle Nielsen Wilson, and then one of the yeah. Swedish uh, uh, magnates or executives happens to have arrived, yep. and he comes in and goes like, oh, Nielsen Wilson, I know him. Nielsen Wilson? <laughs> my, my I know him. He's, I know him in Stockholm. He's a barrel maker. <laughs> and then they start speaking to each other in Swedish, um, which uh, I did not translate that. Yeah, that's fine. But I wish I had. I, I think... Knowing tool time, if you tried to translate it, it would probably just be gibberish that uh, that they that they <laughs> had both these guys do, or they got a Swedish actor and had him just teach a bunch of Swedish sounding lines to uh, to yeah. Earl Heinemann. Um uh, Tim interrupts and introduces himself. Uh, ah, yes, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, and Tim goes, "Oh yeah, Bjorn, the man who's going to buy my show, Larson." <laughs> Uh, playing it cool, Tim. You you learned a thing or two about <laughs> groveling from Fred. I see. Uh, um, Tim stops an intern who's passing by and tells him to take care of uh, Bjorn. Uh, he calls him Wayne. Now, okay, Truman. This starts a series of baffling uh, character actor corners. Oh God, baffling corners. Like I an know. MC Escher uh, painting. Because the names that are spoken in the episode do not match the credited names on IMDb. So Record I'm scratch? having a hard time. <laughs> You're going to get the cat started again at that rate. <laughs> Good point. Uh, so I'm having a hard time connecting who is who to what here. Okay. Um, okay. But one person I do know is the actor playing Bjorn is named Craig, uh, Craig Richard Nelson. He has 63 credits. Uh, Going uh, from movies, starting in the 70s, The Paper Chase, and two famous uh, Altman movies, Three Women and A Wedding. Mm, okay. Those are two, two movies. Uh, three Women, <laughs> comma, space, A Wedding, it's, period. It, you know, it's end, a, of, end of series. <laughs> it, it's, it's a shame that the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral has now forced us to separate <laughs> movies referencing weddings yes. and movies referencing uh, numbers of things. Numbers, yeah. yes. Uh, he was also uh, in the TV shows Maud, Cagney and Lacey, The Golden Girls, Amazing Stories, Yes, Freddy's Nightmares. Ooh. The Next Generation, Voyager, and Night Court. A lot of Star Trek folks so, in this episode. Here's my question to you. Was he on ER? Was he on NYPD Blue? <laughs> He was not. 
I'm going to say not on ER. He was not on ER. Boosh. Nice. But guess what? What? He was also not on Cheers and not on Frasier. Wow. Fuck him. He may as well not exist. <laughs> but that's two character actors in a row who were not on any of those shows. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe they were maybe they were just casting from a, a different pool. Maybe they <laughs> look, maybe they were aware of how many character actors they'd been getting for this show who'd been on ER and they were like, Well, guys, pump the brakes. Everybody on our show looks like they could conceivably be a doctor or a nurse. We need to we need to get uh, some different faces in here. Uh the intern that Tim stops. Wayne. Uh it, it Wayne. Now that that's what he calls him. In the credits on IMDb, uh, there's no one named Wayne, so he's either uncredited or he's this guy listed as Warren, who I don't remember there being a Warren on the episode. Weird. So I'm just going to go into the guy who played Warren <laughs> and and hope that, uh, whoever the fuck that is, and hope that it's w- Wayne. Okay, okay. I mean, it, yeah. I, I mean, hopefully, I can. My my spider sense for ER, I mean, won't work if it's not if it's not the same person you're telling me this stuff about. So I hope we've got it right. All right. Well, the asterisk has already been added. Um, so the guy playing Wayne slash Warren uh, is David Prowledge. Okay. Uh, he is. Uh, been in a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows. Um, he has 42 credits. Oh, jeez, <clears throat> okay. From <laughs> Quantum Leap to uh, Murder, She Wrote, Coach, guess what? What? Leprechaun 2. Oh. For, for one second, <laughs> my heart leapt into my throat. Which Marine was he? Was he, was he books? <laughs> uh... He was in Seinfeld, The Usual Suspects, as Ooh. bodyguard number two. Mm. Uh, he was on a few episodes of Mad TV. Um, the question is, was this gentleman on ER? Uh, was he on NYPD Blue? He was not on NYPD Blue. Cheers. He was not on Cheers. Uh, I'm going to say no, not on ER. He was not on Frasier and not on ER. That's three for three who wasn't on any of those shows. Wow. I mean, yeah, I feel like, you know, once is happenstance, twice is coincidence. At this time, this is no coincidence. There is a real vendetta, <laughs> I think, going on on behalf of the, the home improvement casting people. We, we can no longer hire anyone from NBC, except for Peter Boners, who's directing this episode and also directed an episode of Friends in the same week. Wow. Um, these are two, Take that for what it's worth. These are two big episodes. Like, well, I don't know how big the Friends episode was, but this was a big, technically complicated <laughs> episode to direct. So he was really double booking himself. Indeed. Uh, one last thing about David Prowledge. Um, he was in the short-lived uh, TV series Ferris Bueller, which I didn't know existed what? until right now. <laughs> what? I was just talking about special 1990 features to this. 1991. Wow. So, what, yeah. every, every, every episode is just him taking another day off? <laughs> well, it, it's not called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's just called Ferris Bueller. So, maybe it's just him getting into antics in school. Maybe it's a prototype for... Say by the bell. Who knows? Yeah, honestly, I could, I could, I could see, I could see uh, Saved by the Bell trying to just. I really feel like Saved by the Bell was trying to just like kind of. Yeah, what if there was a really cool kid who could stop time? 
<laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, Tim stops this intern who's named Wayne and says, "Hey, could you take care care of Bjorn uh, while we get ready for the show?" And Wayne shows Bjorn out the door. Yes. Uh, this is where Tim uh, calls Fred back in um, and asks about the celebrity guest. He's trying to get the Andretti's back on the show. Uh, Fred says they had to cancel due to the flu. Yes. And now it runs in the family. Yeah. Uh, runs runs between brothers since we're we're keeping that it, one up. It drives in the family. Ah, very good, very good. Well, they're sitting in the same car. That's how that's how it that's how it gets around. They've got the AC blowing. It just, I guess so. Uh, um, you really have to sterilize the steering wheel when you get in and out of the car and the drive shaft. No one ever cleans the drive shaft. It's it sounds like you were leading in, into into a double entendre, and I'm gonna pull us right out of there. Uh, I'm gonna okay. pull the emergency brake on this uh, race car. Uh, but you also gotta <laughs> sanitize that emergency brake. Oh God. Okay, so. The point is, the Andretti brothers aren't going to be able to show up for this episode, which Tim thinks is bad. I think is great. Father, son. Uh, brothers. And so, <laughs> you know, Tim is upset upset at Fred about this. He says, how long have you known that they couldn't make it? And Fred goes, oh, what's the longest amount of time I could have known that without getting in trouble? And so... <laughs> I feel like I've used that line at some point before. <laughs> See, and this is the thing. Fred has a lot of very funny, grovelly lines that I like a lot. And so uh, Tim says, oh, I think... Yeah, yeah, you know, Paul, you know, Paul Newman is in town doing a doing a charity thing. And and uh, Fred goes, oh, do you know Paul Newman? And Tim goes, no, you're supposed to know Paul Newman. And then Fred goes, oh, you know, it'd be great. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you know him? No, but he'd be great. And just Tim is very frustrated. <laughs> well, and shitty so producer. Why? Why is Fred supposed to know either of these two people? Being a producer of a regional cable access show in Michigan. I think it's a combination. Like, Fred is without a doubt bad at his job, but then Tim also is bad at understanding what a producer's job is. Tim is expecting the producer of his (laughs) regional uh, basic cable tool show to basically be Ari Emanuel and know everyone in Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, I have to ask you this, because Paul Newman's name is thrown around, Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger's name is thrown around. Who, Truman, would make a good tool time guest? Oh man, who would make a good tool time guest at this point? I why am I defaulting to like uh to to um George Foreman who has been on the show or like <laughs> oh yeah, or maybe Jimmy Carter would be a good guest. No, 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 not him at all. Um I'm you know, I feel like Part of me feels like Bill Clinton would be a good guest simply because I know there was a brief period of time when they wanted to try and get or when Hillary Clinton was trying to get on the show to just like his campaign stuff. So I don't know. I feel like asking Bill Clinton about how to do repairs at the White House would be funny. Um, (laughs) Other. Uh um, I don't know. Maybe. uh, uh, um, Yeah. Mike Myers. I'd like to see Mike Myers on there. I think oh that God. whatever weird character he'd come up with would be uh, to, to play on Tool Time would be pretty funny. I mean, but I guess if you're looking... That was, another, that was another green room I was in, actually, was when Mike Myers was hosting the Gong Show. Oh! The short-lived Gong Show. The same buddy who was on James Corden was on the Gong Show. <laughs> oh, so so you, you, met, you met Mike Myers at the real trough of his popularity. Oh, I, like. did, I, I did not meet him, but uh, I, was, I was around him, and... And, and that took years off your life. commitment to character is a thing that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> but the but the character he was committed to was still the love guru so it was actually very uncomfortable e. for you to be around him <laughs> um 
Okay, uh, no, last guest on uh, who I would want to see on Tool Time would probably be uh, Arsenio Hall. Uh, what about you? Easy. Martha Stewart. God damn it, that would have been perfect. How couldn't I think of that? <laughs> I feel like she would have so many more. Uh, a, she would have great chemistry with Al. Yes. B, she would be showing up Tim left and right with simple solutions and not overpowering things. C, she could just take him down a peg with a look. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just withering. I mean, well, and also, if she can go toe-to-toe with Snoop Dogg, she can go toe-to-toe with Tim Taylor. Yes. That's what I'm, they've both done prison time. True. Oh, wow. Yeah, they could bond over that. You, you had this great one locked and loaded, then you sprung it on me. You know, <laughs> actually, I thought of it while you were talking. Um, it's a good thing I talked for I so think long. The, the uh, thing that I would love to see her as a guest on Tool Time would be, of anyone I can think of, at least in the moment, I can't think of anyone who would deliver a better, I don't think so, Tim. Than Martha Stewart. I don't think so, Tim. Yeah, that could be pretty good. Um, okay, Billy Mays. I think Billy Mays would be a really good guess. <laughs> because the work that he... he just turns out to be another brother of the Borland clan. Uh, well, honestly, yeah. And to the, and, and the fact that, that Richard Karn kind of halfway became Billy Mays after this show a little bit. <laughs> doing You know, we've seen some of his Pitchman videos for personal grooming devices. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be good. Either that or if maybe a, uh, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit-esque uh, uh, a cartoon character on a live-action show. If they could have Hank Hill on, I think that he and Tim would <laughs> okay. have a lot to talk about. Oh, well, speaking of uh, animated shows, we get um, the next scene opens with the opening animated credits to Tool Time. Oh, my God, Landon. What the, what the fuck? We get to see how Tim how tool time opens it was you know the like sliding 90s graphics of the greatest hits the way that 90s shows used to do yeah 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 featuring tim taylor al borland (laughs) and heidi oh man her last i have the note we learned heidi's last name and then i didn't write it down so i i oh keppert hi and heidi keppert with musical guest the (laughs) grunt creep this is two don pardo (laughs) jokes in a week um yeah, it was. It would be K and B Construction coming back to do do an encore. Oh my God, that would be them. They, God, I wish they were the house band for for Tool Time. That would what, that was a Tool Time greatest hit. Why didn't they bring the K and B crew back for this episode if they're trying to sell it? Yeah, it's really it is weird, isn't it? Because it feels like it used to be every three episodes one of the K and B guys came back, <laughs> and then it's like, did they yeah. did they all lose? I don't think we've seen them like since early season four, and at that, I think it was just two of them. I think okay, two options either either they all lost their construction licenses because they were clowning around too much or they died in a job site accident also because they were clowning around too much maybe I like to think that Pete and Dwayne's uh, uh, secret relationship came out and it just created a really weird vibe in the group that Mm. uh, couldn't be reconciled because they made each other uh, they made their friends choose one over the other but they also had to work with each other so uh, eventually, K and B construction just came toppling down. Yeah, and then, from the top up, <laughs> and then they they all they all went off and did uh, solo projects with each of them playing individual <laughs> musical instruments made out of uh, construction tools. But it just just didn't really work. It didn't click the same way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one really wants to listen to just one man blowing into a jug every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, there was no there was no real uh, there was no sting coming out of that uh, uh, coming out of that the police. No, that, that Genesis did not have a Phil Collins. Uh, yes. So t- okay. 
Okay, how are you? How do you rate these opening credits? I rate them pretty highly. They've looked pretty convincing. I'd give them easily an A minus, mm-hmm. um, and even then, only because the grunt creep doesn't get his own credit in it. But um, <laughs> yes, we see <laughs> all these go. floating panels with like clips of each of the yeah. guys in it and them being introduced, and then it goes to Heidi, mm-hmm. who fills the entire screen and introduces Tim the Toolman Taylor and Tim and Al walk out the. W- like, and then Tim and Al do the thing that we've seen a million times that we assume was the Tool yeah. Time intro, but actually, no, it's just the very end of the Tool Time intro. <laughs> it's the post-intro. <laughs> Guys, okay, those of you listening at home might be like, yeah, boo hiss, how long are you going to talk about this? Listen, this is... So many logistical <laughs> questions we've had about this show are being yeah. answered for us in the space of, like, three minutes, and it's an overload. <laughs> Revelatory oh is God. how I would describe this. Yes. Um... Okay, does everybody know what time it is? Heidi uh, brings Tim and Al out, and it's their annual salute <sighs> to men. That was a burp. <laughs> Thank you for the... Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I realize it's you, notoriously someone who can't burp, uh, trying to do a burp was commendable. So thank, uh, you. thank you, sir. I only say it was a burp because I had to rewind a few times to confirm it wasn't a grunt sound. It was a burp sound. <laughs> okay, great. Because only um, men burp. So is the annual salute to men, is that the show type that we get when we get the man's fill in the blank like we do in this episode in the past seasons i feel like the an- i don't remember them i don't remember them announcing it as the salute to men i just remember them you know showing off the, the big fancy thing that they created i you know i i take issue with this entire concept like tim going into this episode saying we're doing a salute to men it's like well Every episode is a salute to men, Tim. Like you're, it's yeah, like that's what that's the whole log line to Tool Time. It's it's like and this this the theme of this year's Indianapolis 500 is race cars driving in circles. It's like yeah, on <laughs> on the face of it, that's what it is. So the annual salute to the, yeah. this James Bond movie. The theme is violence and drinking. Something we haven't really explored before. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's the annual salute to men, guys with flies, fear out of a bottle, chili out of a can, nothing better than a little salmon, uh, with a little juniper, or is it called uniper? <laughs> the Swedes are watching from the sidelines, unamused. And, and with, when he's talking about chili out of the can and cold beer and whatever, he's grunting at the audience, the audience is grunting back, and then we see that the Swedes do not get this at all, which was funny. <laughs> Uh, so Tim quickly retreats back into the episode. Uh, they're going to start simple today. They're going to make a walnut valet. Is that where you park your nuts? That's where you park your jacket. I don't know why Al, Al so quickly corrected Tim. Well, it's because Tim is Tim is like saying, "Is that where you park?" Like he isn't able able to say nuts. Like you sit down there, and is that where you park your? And then Tim just goes, "Where you park your?" Or Al just goes, "Where you park your jacket?" I I loved the, <laughs> I loved I love it whenever they don't. Like the comedy in is in what you don't hear, and that they don't even let yeah, Tim get right. there. I, that was that was a unique bit. Um, <laughs> uh, so they're getting ready to make this thing. What they have ready are the side bolts and dowels. Al starts shaping the shoulder bar that they're going to shape, uh, or starts uh, sawing the shoulder bar that they're then going to shape in a steamer box, which Tim has pulled out. Yes. Um, Al finishes and says, uh, holding up the the bar, see my wide curves. Uh, I admi- admire Tim my wide, him, wide curves. <laughs> admire my wide curves. Tim checks him out and then says, "We'll be right back." Now, I'll just say that I <laughs> at least appreciate that Tim didn't verbalize it, that. That was at least 
Again, it's unspoken. I, it was an unspoken thing, and uh, there, I think there's a little more artistry to that than him pointing a bunch of arrows at it. I don't know. We don't have to talk about it <laughs> agreed, anymore than that. Agreed. But I, I like that uh, it was just a look. We get a saw transition uh, shaping out Tim and Al of the scene, and they fall forward, taking us to a little bit later. Uh, Tim is standing in front of the steamer box. The shoulder bar is not quite done, but the clams are close. <laughs> and from there, they then go over to, you know, it's it's basically a, a, a cooking show at this point. Where it's like, okay, well, we wait on this. Let's go over and do another thing. And so they go over to this leisure <laughs> segment. Where, We're going to explore man at his leisure. Yes. And that's rock climbing. <laughs> so they have a rock climbing yeah. wall that's been built in the studio. And Wilson is rappelled down it and is going to tell them all about rock climbing. I didn't realize that rock climbing had inside rock climbing was so new because uh, Al introduces it by saying, uh, "We have an outside activity that has recently been brought inside rock climbing, and we have expert rock climber Wilson Wilson Jr. with us." Um, I, so it was made in the nineties. I, I guess surprising to me. I mean, but if you think about it, though, I feel like every rock climbing place I've been to, and I don't want to give yeah. the impression that I go to loads of rock climbing gyms, but everyone I've walked past, it has the kind of vibe of the 90s on it a thing that was put up in the 90s <laughs> yes. and kind of just left in the condition it was yeah. then it's it's like the salons you pass mm. that still have the like duran duran style 80 80s style hairdos on the outside of it y you know those those dixie cups from the time period that had that kind of like neon color spray that kind of right. swoosh on them that's a very 90s feel that is the uh that is the vibe that is the uh, ethos of every, <laughs> every rock climbing rock gym climbing, I've been yeah. in. I've just felt the embodiment of that. Um, um, so Wilson starts to explain rock climbing, uh, and Tim's going to uh, demonstrate, or he's going to experiment with this. So Wilson hooks him up and shows him how to uh, make sure that his hands or feet are secure and to propel himself up the wall using his legs. Yeah, and so Wilson is kind of securing the slack as Tim starts to climb, I want to point out as the camera, as Tim is going up this wall and as the camera points up, at the top of the rock climbing wall that they have built on set, they have actually put like pointy mountain peaks with like sn painted on snow <laughs> at the top, which is simply adorable. And I love that in the 90s, maybe people were like, yeah, you got to have that on a rock climbing wall. Otherwise, people won't feel like they're climbing a rock. <laughs> Um, while Tim is uh, demonstrating this, Al asks Wilson about his climbing stories, and Wilson relates to us a story that, about the time he climbed Mount Rushmore and slipped on his upper lip, uh, on Lincoln's upper lip, and, but caught a toehold on his wart. <laughs> is it is it legal to, to climb Mount Rushmore? No. I don't know. No, absolutely not. Also, Wilson said this happened when he was a park ranger at, at uh, uh, oh, Mount park Rushmore. Ranger. So not only is that... Super mega illegal to climb around on a, like, you know, national <laughs> monument. But he was the yeah. one who's supposed to be enforcing that rule. I, I love the idea that Wilson was like a, you know, bad lieutenant, port of call, South Dakota <laughs> situation. He was like a f fabulously <laughs> corrupt park ranger who got fired and then absconded <laughs> to Africa. <laughs> He's only out there because he's on mushrooms and, like, he's chasing an iguana across the faces of the presidents. His soul is still dancing. Uh, um, Tim starts to climb a little too high and off to the side, uh, and Wilson warns him against that because if you get above your, uh, what is it called? Your your linchpin or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Your, uh, uh, Tim, you, the, you lose your slack. Yeah. The, I'm sorry, the most... 
The most detail I have on it is Tim climbs too high up the thing, falls off. So I don't I don't know what thing he gets above. <laughs> well, you just spoiled the gag for us all because no one saw where this is going. <laughs> Tim, of course, doesn't listen, climbs off camera, uh, and you know, swings on the rope because he's lost his balance or the the rope gave way. I don't remember what. And as he swings across, he grabs a television camera. Well, he, and like yeah, he swings with it, uh, and you know, facing the camera, says we'll be right back, and goes to commercial. <laughs> Which I mean, and I know everyone's treating it like a disaster, but I'm just saying if that actually, if you actually did that on a show and that happened, that would go, that would be on the evening news all over the Midwest. That's viral content <laughs> right there. Before there was an internet is, yeah. to be viral on. <laughs> uh, they cut to backstage. Tim is being bandaged. Um, while Fred is there saying, it's going swimmingly. No, really, I'm trying to convince myself um, that this is all going just according to plan. Tim, Tim does not agree. Tim Tim says, what was that camera doing there? And Fred goes, it was recording the show. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Something about that exchange is just hysterical to me, that he's like, that A, that Tim is outraged that there are cameras present at his TV show, and then that Fred is apologetic <laughs> that they exist. Well, Tim is excited. Uh, he's like, well, that's all right. Uh, Gadget Corner's really going to blow them away. And in fact, if Gadget Corner goes wrong, I'm blaming you, Fred. Uh, and Fred just goes, as you should, as you should, and <laughs> disappears like a mist in a light breeze. Which I like, which I like. Again, yeah. gotta love the cowardice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then mm-hmm. the arrival of Warren. Is this Warren? Okay, so he's credited as Peter. Um, okay. A, a stagehand. To, or, or of some sort agrees uh, appears um and tim asks him hey uh did you build um the thing i asked you to build you know he obviously works on the show and uh peter as he's credited says um yes i did but i'm not sure it's gonna work and tim goes well did you build it to my specifications and he says yes that's why i'm sure it's not gonna work <laughs> uh, uh okay we have a character actor corner but, to go into, but I, like, yeah, go ahead. I just, I also just have a logical, what is this person's role on the show corner to go into. So this okay. Peter Warren, whatever his job is just to build gadgets at Tim's command. This is like Tim's personal Q branch. Just like I had an idea for a thing and I drew on a cocktail <laughs> napkin. I wrote down how to make it build this for me. We have unlimited budget. Uh, right, so it just goes to show that Tim doesn't even build his own things when he says that he soups something up. He he tasks other people with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that explains why he never seems to know why any of the things work, but yeah, there it is. And, well, and I guess could go one step further to say, you know, if someone, say, named Peter was disgruntled, uh, it would be very easy for that person, say his name was Peter, to then sabotage the item, uh, making Tim look like a fool on camera, should someone say the name Peter uh, want to do that. And, uh, of course, that also assumes that Tim isn't perfectly capable of making a fool of himself on camera without any intervention <laughs> or foul play on behalf of the crew. True. Uh, Character actor corner, yes, sir. go. Peter, do you want to guess who Peter is played by? Mm, Peter Boners? Bing, 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 oh my bing, god, that's Peter the Boners. Episode. Oh, Chalupas. And in the Friends episode that he directed, he also appeared in that in the same uh, same year as this episode. Dude, he got bit by the theater bug really hard in 97. 
Well, he started as an actor. Uh, as I mentioned before, he's most well-known for the Bob Newhart show. Right, right. But he's also been on TV shows such as That Girl, Sanford and Son, 9 to 5, when they tried to make that a TV series in 84. <laughs> uh, Murder, She Wrote, he was a voice on Dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, I already mentioned Friends. He was on Parks and Rec. He was in the movies Catch-22 and Man on the Moon. Hmm. So, um... Do you want to guess whether or not Peter Boners, with 47 credits, whether or not he was on ER? He wasn't on ER, he wasn't on Cheers, and he wasn't on Frasier. But was he on NYPD Blue? I'm going to go with no. Hat trick. All of them. Except it's four, so it's more than a hat trick. It's more than... It's four. Yes, you're right. Four character actors in a row... We're not on ER, Cheers, Friends, or, or uh, Frasier, or NYPD Blue. Well, th- That's this, th- astounding. This character actor was on Friends, so just just so we're clear about that. He, he was on Friends, just not on Frasier. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This 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 seems like an artistic choice at this point. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't want to waste too much time, but how did you feel about Peter Boner's uh, stepping in front of the camera? I, you know, I feel like um, I definitely got the impression from him that this was a uh, that this was a crew member. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, you know, and I got the impression from his acting also that it was a crew member. I mean, it just because it seemed like they gave him a couple, like not <laughs> okay. not trying to shit on Peter Boner's, who is like I'm sure like he just didn't have a lot to work with in this scene. It was just a couple of lines. It was one bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I felt, yeah, you know, I felt good about it. He made a joke about Tim. I was just more intrigued by the concept of the fact that there is a dedicated gadget builder on this show. <laughs> I guess so. And, okay, so we're going to go to the next scene, um, where it's Gadget Corner. June Palmer's back. I still don't understand June Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> like, if they had introduced her the way that they had introduced A.J. Simpson, or Samson, or whatever his name was, Sanderson, what, what, from the, last week, yeah, who the, worked in research and development. yeah. Yeah, is she AJ's boss? Then, like, then I would understand it. I, I I don't understand. Like, they they never gave her a proper introduction. She just showed up on the Tool Time set one day as a gadget person. Yeah. So, is she separate from research and development? Is this like uh, the next stage beyond research and development? They are now prototyping, or I guess that would still be research and development, but are they, like, um, uh, putting things into beta production for experimental test groups, you know, for certain markets? What is this stage of the evolution of Binford? I mean, she might be, like, marketing or research, or, uh, like, not research, but, like, she might be the marketing or advertising side of it, where, yeah, like, okay. you know, the, the nerdy cross-eyed dude comes up with the ideas, and then she's just in, you know, she learns about them and then is in charge of pitching them on air because she okay. is charismatic in a way that he is not. I guess so. Um, she's showing them a satellite dish, and we get a joke that I just don't understand. And I'm hoping you can explain it to me. I, I, if it's the one uh, you're thinking of, I probably can't, but go on. Tim goes, uh, so she's showing him a satellite dish, and then Tim asks, uh, or says, Al's mom has a satellite chafing dish. Yeah. What? I don't know what a chafing dish is. You know what, actually, let's just, let's just be real with this. I'm just going to go right now. Um... <laughs> I don't think it's a real thing. Chafing dishes... I mean, a, a chafing dish is a metal cooking or serving pan on a stand with an alcohol burner holding chafing fuel beneath it. It is used for cooking at table or as a food warmer for keeping dishes at a buffet warm. So, you know, you go to, a, like, a buffet or, say, you're on set at oh. craft services, and they have those little lit burners full of oil yep. underneath them where the scrambled eggs are. Okay. 
So I so it's a it's a it's an eating joke, not a legs rubbing together joke. I, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, that's a okay. pretty that's a pretty deep cut uh, home improvement. <laughs> that's a pretty yeah, like that's a that's a stretch for they that let, joke. They let catering services write one joke per episode. <laughs> you know, they let the director come on and make a joke. They let the craft services people <laughs> make a joke. Yeah, every, everybody had a hand in this episode. Um, okay, they move on next to a golf bag that is uh, has a club that is also a seltzer dispenser. Uh, Al says, perfect for making my favorite drink, the golf club soda. But you better make sure you have a designated driver. <laughs> Which both June and Al love this joke, and so do I. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good little bit, and I love how much Al and June love the joke. That's just funny to watch them both having a laugh yeah. at themselves. Um, <laughs> then she takes them over to a very confounding machine, an automat- automatic waffle maker. Yes. Which is basically a conveyor belt, uh, much in the Pee Wee Herman style, <laughs> where you pour batter down a large funnel, and it pours it onto the waffle skillet that then puts it onto a conveyor belt into an oven and then flops it out onto your plate. This thing is about the size of a kitchen. Where does it go? Who is it for? I don't understand this. Uh, if you've been to Quiznos, or if you went to Quiznos in, in the before <laughs> times when Quiznos existed, uh-huh. uh, it's basically that. The, the same conveyor belt they use okay. to toast your sandwiches, this is used to, uh, t- I guess, toast a waffle really fast. So this is industrial. Uh the industrial market is looking for these. Yeah, when you need a lot of waffles really fast, except no substitutes. <laughs> when space is not an Tim, issue, and and the only issue is the lack of waffles in your face, you get one of Tim these. Tim is excited about this. He has Heidi bring out a high-powered syrup dispenser, uh, and we cut to the sidelines. Fred is nervously turning to the stagehands going, Code Red, this is what we train for, people. <laughs> Everybody starts running around. Again, this is the shit that we've, I feel like, joked about happening, like how the crew reacts when Tim comes out with one of his inventions. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he, yeah. He, uh, uh, Fred even says, put the fire department and paramedics on hold. <laughs> Tim uh, takes this, uh, the dispenser, says it's CO2 powered with 25 PSI, delivers your peanut, uh, your peanut butter, Ooh. your butter, syrup, and lindenberry jam. And, uh, of course, he tries it. It doesn't work. He looks in the nozzle, and uh, it's not working. Al starts ducking, which is always my favorite yeah. reaction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then it finally works, and it sprays across the room, spraying the Swedes in the face with lindenberry jam. And... Long silence, big laughter from the crowd. The Swedes are not amused. Swedes are not amused. And Tim <laughs> just goes, oh, no. <laughs> uh, we get a uh, butter squirt in the screen. We've talked about this in the past, Home Improvement. Don't put the white liquid yeah. squirt in the squ- screen. Yeah. We've talked about this <laughs> multiple times. Uh, but then we get a squeegee wiping it off, taking us to a little bit later. Um, the Swedes come out. Okay. They're all dressed like Al. Al, like Al, leads them out from the hallway we know leads to the dressing rooms, and they're both just wearing flannel and jeans, and they look so mad. And this <laughs> is the funniest moment in the episode, I think. This wordless <laughs> bit of just these unhappy flannel-clad Swedes is so good, and and Al kind of smiling like I solved it. I think we're pulling this one out, guys. And you made, like, there's an inner monologue in Al going, you make fun of me for keeping so many 
changes of plaid shirts in my closet. <laughs> and jeans. <laughs> Who's prepared now, silly one? Multiple changes of flannel and jeans in multiple sizes. <laughs> Just in case Cal stops by. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Cal, who is, uh, I mean, almost the same size as Al. I mean... <laughs> I think a little bit bigger. Yeah, maybe At least so. one size up. Yeah. Um, but the, the set has been transformed. It's about to, uh, if, if listeners will remember, we went through a set transition recently where all the drawers in the back of the set roll outward to create a little interview area. It has already been turned into that. Tim is sitting behind it going over uh, some notes. He asks Fred uh, who he got for the celebrity guest. If I was Tim, I would be sweating bullets if I didn't know who I was interviewing seconds before I interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a question you could have asked earlier in the day, Tim. You seem to have had time. <laughs> he says that the celebrity guest has to go through the roof. Who did he get? Did you get a big name? And Fred goes, well, I got a long name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, and, and, he, and he is an unsung hero. Yes, and he doesn't have time, but like uh, he doesn't have time to tell Tim who he's going to be interviewing. He right before they start, so he just runs off. Yeah, and <laughs> before getting yelled at, at, smart smart move. That's a that's a move that I've mastered in my life. Uh, and Tim <laughs> introduces their guest, Seymour Wonderfleffen, <laughs> aka Sigh. Sigh, yes. And uh, I had a sigh of relief when I saw who was playing this guest. <laughs> folks and who might that be uh well i was trying to remember the lyrics to the theme song for the drew carey show but instead i'll just tell you it's drew carey it's true carey dressed in like a in like a you know workman's coveralls you know with a name tag and everything and he comes out and he sits down yes. and um he works with the department of animal control <laughs> and al goes oh are you the top dog a uh, fat cat and he goes no nope, just a regular guy who scrapes dead animals off the highway <laughs> <laughs> and that really made me laugh there's a couple lines here that he says that one i'll get to in a minute but man uh then he continues like yep I get up at 7 and shovel dead animals off the side of the road. I found the shovel last year. Before that, didn't even have a shovel. <laughs> Which I liked a lot. <laughs> I don't know if it's the writing or his delivery, but just something about Drew Carey's uh, persona here that really got me good. Um, and... and they start interviewing about this. Uh, <laughs> like, what are, your, what are your Drew Carey thoughts? My, my, my Drew Carey, I just like... I got a kick out of this, and at the same time watching it, I was like, Drew Carey, I don't know if he's a great performer necessarily, because he seems like he's on the verge of cracking up the entire time. Mm -hmm. Like, he's smiling throughout this. And yeah. I've noticed the same when I see, like, on the Drew Carey show or on Whose Line Is It Anyway, it's like, he's always, seems like he's really close to breaking, even when the material isn't hysterically funny. But for some yeah. reason, I kind of forgive it, because I just like Drew Care that must be like the it factor. There's something that makes charming him a about it. Yeah, I just like the it's, guy. It's yeah. not like a it's not a Jimmy Fallon effect where it's a little off putting. This is like uh, yeah, I agree. There's something like I don't know if it's like he is definitely a stand up comedian who just like shouldn't necessarily be there, and he knows it, and we know it, and so there's kind of a self effacing aspect to it yeah uh that's just like we're all in on the joke yeah uh and the fact that he's saying such ridiculous things 
and trying not to crack up. I, it's just, there's like almost a old like Carol Burnett esque uh, quality to it. Yeah, yeah, I see. I, I definitely know what you mean. And the, the material that he's got though, it is pretty good. Like this whole game of Tim and Al desperately trying to juice up the interview and him just saying yeah. more and more disturbing things. Like they ask him like, what's you know, what are the highlights of your well, job? And he said, well, well one day I had yeah, an eight possum Thursday. What would be a good day? Oh, yeah. I had an eight possum Thursday. Didn't think I'd top that till God gave me a Tuesday with 12 raccoons and a skunk. <laughs> and I think at that point, at that point, Tim is just like so mortified by this. And he just kind of looks at his notes and he goes, Cool hand Luke, man. In that movie, he had a great shovel. Yeah. Uh, that line... I think had me laughing more than any line in the home improvement we've watched up till now. Uh, there's, I don't know if it's just speaking to me and my love of, uh, you know, obscure movie history, but obscure shovel history. Just, oh my god, it made me laugh so fucking much. Um, I mean, uh, it is a great character. This yeah. shovel-obsessed animal control officer, it is pretty funny. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a bit that you haven't necessarily seen before. Who takes this weird amount of pride right. in his work? Um, uh, Al asks him, do you have any hobbies? And then we end with him going, yeah, I like to paint. Still life. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and Tim and Al both get a, suck air through their teeth, and then we go to commercial. <laughs> We get a, a backhoe transition. Uh, we cut to the wings. Fred is smoking in front of a no smoking sign. Yeah. Uh, Tim comes over and says, "What a sh- disaster the show is." Says the Swedes are uh, on their back or on their way back home. And Fred says, "No, no, they're still here. If there's anything, uh, we can take that for solace that they're still here." <laughs> and t- Tim goes, "Were they liking the show?" And and Fred is like, "Um, well, you know, uh, it's a fair assessment. I mean, you know, I think that there certainly is a potential possibility." And uh, you know, he's going on and on and. <laughs> And Tim just goes, Fred! And Fred goes, they're still around. Let's hang on to that. (laughs) Uh, Tim says, well, if anything will bring him around, it's the man's gym. Uh And then before Cy comes in and gives him a paper bag, I gave Tim a sigh uh, because I realized, oh, shit, we're going to get a man's episode. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's again, it's weird that we both enjoyed the episode as much as we did because I think that this man's gym is the worst of all the man's things they've done and there's steep competition for that title (laughs) so tim uh sai walks in and hands tim a a present in a brown paper bag we don't see what it is but we can guess and as he walks off he just goes hey fred have you had your lunch yet (laughs) um and a bunch of stagehands walk in to swipe us to the next scene which is Time, tool time, time for the Benford 6100 Man's Gym. Oh, yeah. Uh, like it's some kind of product they're selling and not just a series yeah. of, of overwrought oh. comedy bits. <laughs> I thought you were uh, insinuating the Kool-Aid Man burst in. I mean, uh, if the Kool-Aid Man burst into this gym, he just he would just turn around and walk back out. But, but then poke his head in <laughs> and say, I'm not sorry I destroyed the wall because this sucks. <laughs> uh, it is a multi-purpose workout center, buys, thighs, and up the side. Yeah. Uh, they show a kind of, it's not a bow flex, but just, what do you call those exercises? It's, it's like, I've it's, never been to a gym. It's, Let me just tell you, I put that out there right now. I've never been to a gym. I don't know what the names of equipment it's not like are. A, it's not like a bench press, but it's the one that you push the thing forward and it goes up. I I, I don't know. Neither it's, of us are. You, you squeeze the two bars to like get the chest workout you could pull down to get the back and the neck 
and the <laughs> arms. It's it's the weight machine, but it's not the bench press. So whatever yeah. that thing is called. I, I love that eighty to ninety percent of the things that happen on this show we have no familiarity with whatsoever <laughs> the car stuff the tool stuff the weight stuff the sports stuff none of it we just have well, no idea what we're talking about on this show tim tim is also not very interested in this weight machine because he says are you tired of sitting on a hard bench beep and then out comes a lazy boy <laughs> uh that replaces the the workout bench and uh, Al, I can't quite tell if Al's in on the joke or if he's making fun of Tim's choices, but he goes, um, if you're going to snooze, how do you exercise? And Tim goes, that's easy, just press automatic. And then he presses a button, all the machine parts come to life, like it's bed knobs and broomsticks, but Tim isn't actually touching any of it, so it's just moving and not exercising him. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> and industrial machinery whirling around beside him, yes. <laughs> yeah. Tim, uh, then Al goes, well, okay, if you're going to snooze, how do you work up a sweat? Tim goes, easy. We got sweat in this one. And he pulls down this little, you know, hose uh, with a, a sprayer on it and sprays under his arms. And cold beer over here. And then he sprays it into his mouth and, nope, he got them mixed up. <laughs> that was the sweat. Okay, and I will admit, this is a, <laughs> this whole bit is bad, but I thought that joke was actually kind of funny. I didn't see that one coming. Um <laughs> So, and and then actually, one other bit, then as they're trying to move on, Tim has to, like, struggle to get out of the chair and time it right without getting clapped in the face by the pump, the automatically pumping iron. Yeah, a real, uh, (laughs) it's a real precursor to the Galaxy Quest. Honestly, yeah, yeah, the chompers, yeah. And look, I, and I thought it was a fun, it was a fun slapstick bit of Tim telegraphing the kind of carefully trying to get out of there, but there's no lines pointing to it. Um, so then, so... Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> so, um, as we all know, the, o- the there are, you know, um, look, let's just be honest. Only men poop. How you doing over there? Men poop. How you doing that with it? No one else, no one else poops. It's just men. Uh, so yep. a man's gym has to have facilities for pooping. So what if you're in the middle of a rep when nature comes a calling and then they go to this rowing machine that has a toilet lid on it? Um... My note, my notes here in all caps. God damn it! Why does every man's thing have to include a toilet? It's not like taking a shit is the manliest thing in the world. Um, and then it's like, and so they lift the lid on. So it's like the rowing machine. And even, this, yeah, even when it was the men's bathroom that automatically should have a toilet in it, the toilet couldn't just be enough. It had to have barbed wire in it. Yeah, exactly. It had to be. Well, how do we make it somehow unpleasant? Um, so speaking of unpleasant, they, so it's a rowing machine, you know, there's that seat that you sit on and you pull the things back and you slide back and forth. And Tim says, you don't have to drop your workout when you drop your drawers, just row as you go. And he lifts the lid and it's like, this is like the audience. I hear some people in the audience groaning. There's a lot of laughter, but some groans. And I have to say, this is legitimately gross. This is psycho (laughs) shit. This is like, this is fetishy now. The, because it's yeah. not just it's not just like like it's a thing that is going to be sliding back and forth that you are shitting into it implies that you are dropping shits along this this track that you are rowing back and forth on you're like scooting your ass like a dog it's so terrible <laughs> you know there are comments there that I'm just going to I'm going to be the bigger man and walk away from the bigger um, man's gym i uh <laughs> So L 
thankfully interrupts this and says, uh, okay, well, now you need a little refreshment. Well, step right over to the man's health bar. And they push a button, and a bar comes out with a bartender. Yep. Um, Tim orders, can I get two men's health specials, Milt? And uh, Milt, who we've seen before, yeah. so I'm not going to go into his character actor corner, uh, pours him two drinks. Two martinis. And two martinis uh, with Swedish vodka. Yeah, Svedka, the number <laughs> and, one vodka of the future. It's sexy robots. Uh, if that's not enough, we can also get a Swedish massage. Hits a button, the, the countertop flips over into a massage table and says, hey, Milt, can I get a back rub? And so Milt... We've seen before, yep. but not as a bartender. Yep. Just as <laughs> we, a dude in a bar. We, I think f- first saw him in the dance class with Jill. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, no, it wasn't that. It was when they were anniversary dancing in it, Mike's Tavern, I think. Yeah, it's like, and Tim tries to, I think that's after he's seen uh, uh, his brother's wife yeah, naked. It a, yeah, it was either that. It was a flirty episode. I remember that. It was a horny episode, and, yeah. It was, and I think his line, which he says here, he says, hey, Milt, can I get a back rub? And Milt says, I don't go in for that sort of thing, was an outtake that they've now incorporated into the show. The, you know, that 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 hilarious homophobic catchphrase, I don't go for that sort of thing, has, you know, it became the new I don't think so, Tim, for a minute there, I feel like. <laughs> but so, um, he sa- but even though he doesn't, Helga does. Yeah, he, he like, I don't go for that sort of thing. Beat, but Helga does. And then, yep, a sexy girl in a tight top and shorts comes out and starts massaging Tim's back as he drinks a martini. And he just says, oh, I love my job. <laughs> so, um, so, so there's that. There's that. You know, I feel like uh, uh, three years ago, you and I would have spent half an hour talking about why we don't like that. I don't think we need that now. Nope. I think everybody knows. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Um, uh, Al takes them across the way again and says, well, you can also go into the man's steam room. He opens the door and there's a bunch of steam in there and there's just a voice that calls out, there's a draft, close the door. <laughs> so I don't know. That, that one kind of made me laugh a little I bit. I mean, was, I was wondering like, wait, did, is the joke that like one of the Swedish executives got so excited at the sight of a steam room that he just got naked and went in there? <laughs> like he couldn't. No, I, I think it's, I, I hate to say it, but I do think it's kind of a, a stereotypical Jewish joke. Like, that's uh, what you would find in a steam room. Eh. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. It made me laugh. Yeah. Um, nothing like a, nothing like a Schwitz joke, yeah. Uh, finally, they walk over to uh, the man's exercise bike, and they unveil it underneath a blanket. It's a motorcycle. Yep. Because you can't get more manly than that for an exercise bike. And Tim starts pedaling it. Yeah. There's like yep. there's like a couple of pedals on it that are like fixed higher up for you to pedal on. I just want to say He says that they're okay, go ahead. Well do I'm, your say. No no no, finish your thing. You say your thing and then I'll say my thing. How about that? My, mine ends the scene, so you go into yours. So this has to me huge little kid race car bed energy. It's like, it's not a bed. It's it's a race car. It's like, I sleep in a race car because I'm cool. It's like, this isn't an exercise bike. It's a super cool motorcycle. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I'm not, I'm not doing a cardio workout on a little sissy bike. I'm riding, I, nothing more manly than pretending you're riding a motorcycle around. Like That's perfect. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, like we, this whole podcast is about how masculinity is a futile and juvenile pursuit. But like this, this particularly, like, I can't, 
Like, I, and I get that the whole bit is a joke, but I feel like this is a thing that a guy actually would do. I feel like Joe Rogan probably has this in his home gym. Like, a an ex, like his Peloton looks like a, a Harley. I, I just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, Tim ends the segment by saying that this exercise bike has three settings. Beginner rider, expert rider, and easy rider. And he puts it on easy rider, and the motor starts up, and Tim... Oh. <laughs> Tim, that, no, that's the Joe Rogan. <laughs> true, true. Uh, he... Not cocaine, but DMT just goes everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and Tim starts going, oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The vaccine is probably worse than the virus. Um, yeah, so he he then, he you know, easy rider mode, he rides away, and there's a crash sound, probably because a couple of hillbillies shot him. Spoiler alert for easy rider. Actually, it's not that great of a movie. You're not missing much. I, uh, well, okay. Uh, agree to disagree. Uh, hot well, hot takes on easy, easy Rider. I don't know. Okay. I, yeah. I, 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 uh, don't know. I didn't love it, but I, I, I maybe I wasn't fair. in the right frame of mind. E.g. not on That's drugs. That's uh, Parts of the bike uh, transition us to a little bit later. Uh, Fred comes up. Uh, he says that it was incredible. He had chills. Al agrees that it was probably the best man's thing that they've ever done. Oh, Al. Uh, I don't like to disagree with Al, but I disagree with you, Al. I think he specifically says, but, I think the rowing toilet made a big splash. And it's like, no, actually, that was the most unhinged thing you've ever done. <laughs> Uh, and the Swedes come over, and, uh, Fred just says, uh, okay, now, here they come. Remember, no matter what happens, the important thing is that we stick together. Please! (laughs) Ah, I gotta love Fred. Uh, do I? (laughs) No, you don't, actually. Yeah, if I don't, if I don't love Easy Rider, you cannot love Fred. That'll be our trade-off. Okay, thank you. Uh, So the Swedes come up, and they say that they've decided to buy Tool Time. This is so not what I was expecting, by the way. I was thinking, like, yeah, Tim fucks this up somehow. But they say, oh, we like the whole (laughs) show in Sweden. We love slapstick comedy. You are like the next Yeri Lewis. And, uh... Hey, Dean! (laughs) I don't even get that bit. Is that a thing that he says? Well, yeah, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Um, yeah. So, and then Tim, to celebrate, flips the massage table back to a bar where there is a bunch of uh, champagne glasses waiting that have somehow not fallen off the upside-down bar. And so he pulls out a bottle of champagne to celebrate, and he says, Yeah, we work pretty darn hard on this show. And my response is just, Do ya? Like, the crew does, <laughs> and Al does. Do you, Tim? Do you? This is this is the first episode that's really gone in-depth about what your day-to-day behind the scenes is like, and it really doesn't seem like you're working that hard. <laughs> you're just being handed pieces of paper yeah. and asking questions. Yes. Yeah, you're not building things yourself. You're not... You know, okay, to his credit, to, to Tim Taylor's credit, maybe his hard work comes in... The days leading up to the show day. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had to come up with the schematics and hand them to Peter, you know, maybe he spent some time on that. Maybe he spent some creative time on that little laptop in their nook in the home, the Taylor home, thinking up how each segment's going to go together and put it, you know, okay, I think that the 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 Walnut Valet will transition better into the you know, rock climbing wall and that's got to go before the interview, but the interview can't go after the man's gym. Cause we got to go out big, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just really grasping at straws to give Tim the credit here. Good for or you. At least the benefit of the doubt, not the credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I guess, but then that would also suggest that he's not spending that time lying around watching sports or fiddling with his hot rod. And I, by that, Fair. by that, I mean the car, not something else. So I, you know, I, I can't, I can't be sure that that's actually the case. I think that I can't either. I can't all, either. all the evidence that Occam's razor here. Uh, the Binford 6100 Occam's Razor suggests that, no, Tim is just a lazy person and he coasts off the work done by everyone else. Uh, point is, oh. he's uncorking the champagne, the cork shoots out and flies right into one of the Swede's eyes and sticks there. And I just, my note is just, yikes, because that is, <laughs> that is. Or, yeah, would your your note should be, yikes. Ah! Because I, it wasn't his I, mm. Ike's, uh, yeah, or or it's uh, or my or my note there should be oofda because that's what I would say if I uh, lost an eye in the process of buying a tool show. So anyway, <laughs> he does that, and I think ah yes, okay. So now in the stinger, we're going to see that because of that, now they didn't get bought by the Swedes, and that's our return to normalcy. Um, but then we go to the stinger. Nope, nope, nope. We we go to the stinger. We're in the Taylor house. Tim walks in and yep. says, hey, there's a package from Sweden. You know what that means? And one of the boys goes, oh, you won the Nobel Prize again? <laughs> Second favorite joke. It wasn't joke. one of the boys. It was Randy. It was, it was Randy. Randy. That was, yeah, I guess that was very much. Yeah, that's not a Brad joke. That's not a Mark. Mark already said his thing for the week. Um, but so they, uh, they've just gotten their uh, first tape of the Swedish dubbed Tool Time, as well as their first yeah. check. And. You know, I, I understand your your thoughts that this might go in a different direction, that the Swedes might not pick it up. But could you really believe that home improvement would allow a possibility of Tim being overdubbed in another language for humor's sake go by the wayside? No, no, you're right. Because, it, you know, <laughs> home improvement would not pass by the opportunity to just show some existing footage that they have done nothing to and just have the characters <laughs> react to it. That gets you. Uh, look, you can leave at three thirty on a on Friday with that shit. Go for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So they they uh, they put in the tape of the dubbed show and they're looking at the check and it turns out that you know the fifteen hundred kroner that they got paid is only twenty two eighty three American dollars. <laughs> and Tim says, "Well, wait till the money starts rolling in from Lapland," which that's a. I, that's a really inside baseball, like, regions of Sweden joke, and I'm totally here for it. <laughs> I'm all about Lapland jokes. So so bring them on, Home Improvement. I hope this is the first of many. <laughs> uh, so they start watching the tape, and the, the dubbing goes on, and um, Randy says, that sounds nothing like you. And then, of course, there's a scream, and Joe goes, oh, well, that sounds like you. Yep, yep. Um... And again, but they, they, for, for like, we spend a really long time watching just this dubbed tool time, which is very clearly just what Swedish TV viewers got when they turned on yep. a, a syndicated home improvement episode. And I guess just maybe we're just more used to this as a concept now, but it seems like they were really leaning into the novelty <laughs> of like, hey, it's the show you like but there's some other weird, goofy language playing over it. Well, how about that? Let's watch this for a minute <laughs> right. and a half. So they actually credit the two people that are the voiceover actors for Tim and Al. Um, one is uh, who does Tim's as Bo Brunden, and the other is Frederick uh, Frederick uh, Cavalli. Um, they are both uh, Swedish 
actors and American actors who've done many things. My internet right now isn't working uh, super great, so I can't go into their stuff. But I just love that they actually got people with credits to do a two-second voiceover for Tim and Al. Well, I mean, are you sure that they didn't just take the, like, aren't those just the people who dubbed Home Improvement for the Swedish Oh, maybe. That's what I'm assuming that was. That could quite well be. I don't think they specifically got people for this episode. They just got a clip from Swedish TV and put it on. (laughs) Um, Could be. Bo Brunden, I'm going to say, was not on ER, but the other guy was. I, I can't look up their stuff right now, um, I but memory serves looking at their histories before we recorded. I don't think either of them were on ER. Oh, oh dang. Oh, well. Oh, dang. Oh, well. Oh, dang. Oh, well. But, That's uh, the energy we end with. We, we're not quite done with our character actors yet. Um, we go into our outtakes, and it's with Drew Carey, and Tim just can't seem to word, say the word shovel. He just wants to say hammer for some reason. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, the show was originally called Hammer Time. <laughs> true, true. Uh, but I kind of liked, I, I, not to, there's not much to say here, except that there is a kind of camaraderie, even though it seems unspoken and a little subdued between Tim and Drew, where I feel like it only comes out between mutual stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to kind of pick up on that, because they were doing, like, Laugh Factory together, uh, you know, in the same era. Uh, I'm sure that they knew each other long before um, either of their shows got big. So, uh, Truthfully, I would love to see, like, kind of uncut outtakes from Tim Allen and Drew Carey joking around, like, not safe for work, <laughs> yeah. too hot for TV, like, the shit they were actually <laughs> joking about. Because I think that would be pretty damn funny. Two yeah. 90s comedians at the height of their power probably would have gone in some directions we maybe wouldn't have liked with our 21st century soy boy sensibilities. But I still, I still think it would have been interesting to see a couple of legends of the time period at work together. Um, okay, we have uh, one more sec- uh, segment to go into. But before we do that, we got to round out Character Actor Corner. Now, I told you earlier in the episode that this is a confounding Character Actor Corner episode mm-hmm. in that names don't match. Um, Everything's made up and the points we- don't matter. Yeah. Pretty much. We have a character uh, actor and a character listed here on the IMDb credits that doesn't appear in the episode anywhere. Record scratch. <laughs> that, see, Scoob and the gang are going to have to crack this mystery. It turns out that the it turns out that the character actor was the guy who owns the abandoned carnival dressing up as a ghost the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the character is named Barry. Do you remember a Barry anywhere in this episode? Uh, no, unless it was, you know, Bill Hader undercover trying to kill somebody <laughs> on his way to an acting class. Just hiding in the shadows the entire time. Uh, Barry, whoever the fuck that is, is played by Eric Sayet. Um, Say it again. S-A-I-E-T. <laughs> he uh, has, I can't see the number of credits because my internet isn't working too well, but... Uh, he appeared in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie. What? Um, <laughs> Groundhog Day. Okay. Uh, the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah, the <laughs> oh, Roland Emmerich Yeah, the one. best one. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Steel. That's the only Godzilla movie I haven't seen, by the way. Keep it that way, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> he has appeared in multiple uh, variations of Law & Order, uh, Scrubs, um, The Practice... Uh, Home Improvement, Wings, 30 Rock, or I'm sorry, 3rd Rock from the Sun. 
That's off, he off by a factor of 10. In the spinoff uh, that was loosely inspired by the home improvement imper- appearance of uh, the show called Buddies, starring Dave Chappelle, mm. and was even on an episode of The Drew Carey Show, really? among many other things. Do you want to guess whether this phantom character actor <laughs> was on ER? I'm going to commune with the spirits, having not been able yeah. to actually see him in person on the episode and try to guess. I'm going to wager, based on the arc of this episode, that he was not on ER. Do you want your clues? No, I don't. I don't. I really don't. I'm going to go entirely <laughs> on intuition. I'm using the force. The only character actor who doesn't appear in the episode was on an episode of ER. God damn it. <laughs> I tried to I tried yeah, to And he was fade. also on an episode of NYPD Blue. So it would have it would have actually given me a good indicator. Well, you know what? Perhaps, Look, yeah. The chalupas were long off the table, and you assholes got your chalupas last week anyway, so I feel the least amount of pressure I ever have on the show <laughs> to get this stuff right. Uh, but that is there you go. that is upsetting, though. God, if I'd been if I'd been perfect on all of these, and then uh, then I missed it on the character actor who wasn't even in the episode. Oh, <laughs> I wonder. He seems too young by his credits to be the partner because there are two Swedish investors. One never speaks, but. We, and we never get a character for uh, name for him, but uh, I don't think it's Barry. And as I said, based on like in Groundhog Day, he played somebody's son. I can't imagine that three years before this he was playing someone's son. Yeah. So uh, maybe it was the intern. I don't know. Maybe it was just some actor that you know just got cut out of the episode. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, there you go. Huh. So that ends our very confounding character actor corner for this week. For this we very have one more week segment to go into that is uh, the grunt count the grunt count i'm glad we had an off week this week aren't you uh, just and that the the numbers were against you in our very odd character actor metagame yeah because i am not at all confident in this answer yeah, I look, and I want you to know, I am confident in mine only because I rewatched the grunt heavy scene several times and very carefully mm. scrutinized it and counted them up. So my my tally okay. is as close to accurate as you can get. But men will debate this until the end of time. Only men, <laughs> women okay. not allowed. No girls. <laughs> it's the man debate. Yeah, um, oh, we're better than that, folks. Although that was still pretty funny. We are. <laughs> but we're going to end this episode with girls jumping on trampolines. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> We've dunked on Jimmy Fallon tonight. We're jump, dumping on uh, Jimmy Kimmel now, too. I'm going to guess. Dump on Jimmy Carter as well. Three. Mm, you know, you were off by a factor of, but uh, that's half as many. There were six. There were six grunts. Six. Wow. That seems like an odd number. Only in that not only have we barely reach that number this season in any episode this, but also when we have grunt clusters it's like seven it's five it's three six seems like an odd number because he he's going up to the audience and he said he does like grunt 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 and then he mm-hmm. says you know he talks about ah chili out of a can raw and then you know his mouth moves but you cannot hear him grunting over the sound of the audience grunting and and it's does that count as a grunt? I don't think it does because also it cuts away from him midway through. Like look, if we're counting ones where you can't hear him doing it, but his mouth is just moving, then the whole the whole project is fucked. Like at that point, this entire thing that we're doing 
which which has thus far been not a waste of time at all, will then become basically playing Calvin Ball. If we're just trying to ascribe, oh well, his mouth was moving, and I read his lips. I looked. I, I had I had the computer uh, enhance the image, and I looked in the reflection of Al's eyeball, and you can see his lips moving. And I had a deaf person come and read it, and that was a grunt. So the grunt count is is X number for this. Now I'm not doing that. I, I, I'm I'm just surprised that after six and a half seasons that this is, can still <laughs> be uh, a chore that we don't have this down pat yet. Well, you know, I'd be better at it if we hadn't had a total fucking grunt desert for like the past two and a half seasons of the true, show. True. If they'd been keeping out of, up out of the, practice, I get if it. If we were having episodes where there were seventy-seven grunts in one episode, <laughs> like back in season two, I would be locked and loaded. I'd be the SEAL Team Six of grunt guessing right now. I, it, 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 it wasn't a criticism of your skills. It was more just that I'm shocked that the show continues to find new ways to uh, throw grunt questions at us. Yeah, the show contains multitudes. Let's just leave it at that. There's always... <laughs> okay. It always finds a new way to let's, surprise us. But yes, um, six, six grunts let, this let, week. Let us leave it yes. at that for sure. Yes. And end this episode. Um, I just have one thing to say for our pro sample this week, which is... Uh, I was out of town for the last week, so um, didn't I wasn't on my game in terms of uh, figuring out this uh, Chalupa Challenge reward system for everybody. Um, I, I will be much more diligent and have answers for you by the next episode. Uh, so you- stay tuned for <laughs> how you will get your rewards. Uh, Truman and I will also talk about what that might be and look like and what it will be moving forward. You, you got home from your trip and you're, you're like, you're front porch your mailbox was just overflowing with letters from fans demanding the whereabouts of their chalupa money there's you know your your answering machine is full of messages telegrams <laughs> You're pouring not far in off. uh well good rightfully so i'm glad people are, are there to cl- claim what is rightfully theirs which we promised them <laughs> stupidly well chalupas can only be made possible by our patrons. Uh, so if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show and possibly win yourself some chalupas or something equivalent in the future, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. You can also leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts, uh, and especially a five-star review. That would be the best. Uh, because it's the fastest easiest way to support us uh, and puts us in front of other people. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntWorkPod. You can also join our Discord server. Uh, Links are on both places. Or you can get more information on today's episode at our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Next time, I'm going to throw you off by also saying www and see what you do with that. Uh, um, I'm going to say gruntworkpodcast dot or no, I rec dot arts dot podcasts slash gruntwork. Use net jokes, everybody. <laughs> y- y'all heard of ARPANET? Uh, on on our website, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Until next week, because we are back to being weekly, baby. Woo! When we bring you another Super episode regular. of Home Improvement for Ric Flair, <laughs> I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, and that's been the cat. and that's been the cat. And remember, det ar ingen kopa eisen, which is an old Swedish saying, which means there's no cow on the ice. <laughs>